You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Many people's troubles that they are facing today is because of words that they've spoken. Words link people to each other. If you want to experience a good life, you have to start by speaking good words. Everything God made on this planet was made through words that He had spoken. So words can solve problems for you and your words can cause problems for you. Most of man's problems are tongue problems. You know when you are with certain people, certain kind of language is not approved. But when you are with other people, your language can go in a certain direction. means your words link you to people. People associate with you. When you say you're a Christian, they expect of you to have a certain kind of language. The truth is, family, the Bible says you can do nothing against the truth, but only for the truth. You can do nothing against the truth. What God has planned for you is settled in heaven, and He's not going to change His mind. He says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But many of us, through the things that we say, we say it's impossible. We say God cannot do it. But God wants to do something extraordinary in our lives. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 13 verse 8. The truth is, the words that you speak reveals your heart. Because out of the abundance of a man's heart, he will speak. It's your words that can move mountains. That's what the Bible says, speak to the mountain. Not speak about it, speak to it. When you speak about it the whole time, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Don't speak about your problem. Speak to your problem. Two Corinthians thirteen verse eight. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. God is the one who empowers us. By His Holy Spirit to speak in the clear words that has power. When a church comes into unity and it prays, you'll see that thing accomplished. The biggest challenge that we have in our society today is people don't have patience. They don't have patience. If the microwave doesn't warm your food in one minute, you're upset. 
Why is it taking so long? What's wrong with this thing? Mother, can you buy a bigger microwave? But you forget the days when you had to warm a plate of food and it took half an hour. When you had to put it into the oven, close it up, and you had to wait 30 minutes to warm your food. Otherwise, you'll have to eat it cold. Or you had to make sure you're on time when lunch or dinner was served. We live in a generation that don't have any more patience. Turn with me to Psalm 37. Patience. Patience is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So it means grace is involved. The promise that God has given you, you're going to have to wait patiently. Because through faith and patience, they inherited the promise. But many people get impatient. Then they want to fix it themselves, do it themselves. Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. The greatest mistakes that many people make in their lives is when they're not patient. Faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. It's that attitude before God, that heart before God, that, Lord, I believe you. I trust your word. And I'm going to hold on to my confession. Because as soon as God gives you a promise or a vision or a dream... It's for you to hold on to it and not to change your confession. Because the mistake that we make is then we try and do things in our own strength, in our own ability. And we think we can help God, but God is the one helping us. God has no need of us, but we have a need for God. And because God knew it, He came and He died. And he went back to the Father, but he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us. And too many people today are trying to live a victorious life without the help of the Holy Spirit. In your assignment that God has given you on this planet, you should ask yourself, have I received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to fulfill what God has called me to do? Or am I trying to do it in my own strength? Many people are preaching today because they see a pastor and they think, that's nice, I also want to do it. Have you received empowerment to do it? They see a businessman that's successful and they say, I'm just going to do that as well. If you're empowering yourself, how will you be able to maintain it? Who will get the glory? Just because you see one person doing something doesn't mean you can just do it. But one thing is sure, what God has called you to do on this planet, He will empower you to be able to do it. Jesus didn't just send His disciples to go and preach. He said to them, wait until you've received power and then you'll be a witness for me. But when you try and witness without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you're going to get frustrated. 
You're going to start to murmur. You're going to start to complain. You're going to want to run away from that assignment. But when God has empowered you, you'll be able to go on. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus who endured the cross. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Family, let me tell you something that I've experienced in my life. In the time and season where you are busy exercising patience, I mean waiting for the fulfillment of your promise, there will be many things that will push against you. Things that will try to resist you. Things that will try to push you off course. Hold on to your confession. Hold on to your course. Hebrews 6 verse 11. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. The promise that God has got for you is not just for you. But when God calls you and He blesses you, it's you are blessed to be a blessing. So God calls us, He gives us a purpose, then He empowers us so that we can do good. As a Christian, listen to me, as a Christian, you are not just to be against everything that's bad and judge and condemn and criticize. But we are to do good. You don't improve a situation by criticizing it. If you are born again and led by the Spirit, you show a more excellent way. Anybody can criticize. Anybody can condemn. But you need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to show people a more excellent way. And God will always empower you. Even when Israel said, we want a king. And it was never God's plan for them to have a king because he wanted to deal with these people directly through the prophets. His representation here on earth. But when the people said, we want a king like all the others, the Lord said, it's fine, I'll give you a king. But this king will be different because I'll still anoint him. I'll still empower him. And Saul was anointed separated unto God for a purpose, for a reason. And when God touched him, he changed him. His nature changed. God even gave him a new heart. But even when God empowers you and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you have to decide, am I against this change or am I for this change? Everybody can read the Bible. But when you read the Bible, you decide, will I receive the word of God with meekness into my heart, which is able to save my soul, or will I reject the word of God? Even right now as I'm preaching, in your heart you are deciding, I'm going to accept this message, or I'm going to reject this message. You might be saying, Amen, Amen, but your heart might be saying, Uh-uh, I gonna, no way, it's not me. God looks into your heart. Amen. Amen. This word cuts in between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And it reveals the intents and the thoughts of our hearts. God is after your heart. 
What are most churches against today? The working of the Holy Spirit. And how can you change if the Holy Spirit is not changing you? Because then it's changed from the outside and not changed from the inside. Being born again starts on the inside. A matter of fact, even being successful in life starts on the inside, not the outside. Are you ready to do good? Because when the Holy Spirit empowers us, it's to do good. Remember the Bible says, Ephesians 2 verse 8, We are saved by grace and not our good works. To do good works. So once you've been saved by grace, not what you've done, God will empower you by His grace to do good works. Not just to say what is bad, but to go out and do good. Write the following scriptures down. 1 Peter 2 verse 15. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Signs, wonders, and miracles, deliverance, is doing good. But as soon as you start doing those kind of things in the name of the Lord, people will criticize you and have a lot of things to say. But let's continue to do good. Matthew 5 verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Galatians 6 verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. By doing good, you silence unbelievers. Let us not become weary in doing good. That's why you need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because oftentimes you are doing good, doing the right thing the whole time. But you're just experiencing bad coming against you. You being positive, but everybody around you is negative. Can you see how much we need the Holy Spirit? If you say you are born again, and you are filled with the Holy Spirit... There'll be something different about you. Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be evident in your life. Christianity is not something we exercise on a Sunday. But it's a lifestyle from Sunday to Sunday or Monday to Monday. Are you for it or against it? Remember, the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness... When he was hungry, he tempted him in the area that he had a need. The area where he was weak is where he tempted him. And after he stood strong and he got through it, the Bible says the devil left him for a more opportune time. So just because you've passed one temptation or you could let go of one offense, doesn't mean there's not another one waiting around the corner for you. That's why you will need God even more after you've forgiven those that have wronged you. God wants to empower us to do good. God wants us to bless those that curse us. Just because you've been getting it right for a while doesn't mean the devil won't tempt you in an area again. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel 10 verse 6. Family, in the day 
in the age that we're living in now, we have to be more focused than ever before. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is closer than ever before. The Bible says if God had not shortened the time, even the very elect would not make it. That means now, in this day and age, we have to be focused more than ever before. We are here today because Jesus Christ didn't lose focus. Jesus, in His last minute, hanging on the cross, physically in pain, suffering, His Father presence departing from Him, feeling alone, feeling abandoned, feeling hurt, and being innocent. He kept focus. He didn't lose focus. And he said, Father, forgive them. Imagine in that last second, he said, I've had it. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm innocent. No, it's enough. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, there where you feel pain, keep focus. Don't lose focus now. We are here today, we are born again here because Jesus didn't lose focus. The Bible said he endured the cross because he had his focus on you and on me. Are you for or against? Listen here, 1 Samuel 10 verse 16. Talking about Saul being anointed. And Samuel said, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. Verse 9. So it was when he had turned his back to go to Samuel, that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass. When they came there, to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Family, have you allowed the Holy Spirit to change you into another man? Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you should be changed. He that used to steal should not steal anymore. He used to swear and curse should now bless. He who was lazy, didn't want to work, can now work. The grace is there to empower you to do what God has called you to do. God even gave him a new heart. God can make you new. God can perfect everything in your life and he's done that. But you still decide in your heart, do I want to go and walk with the Holy Spirit or not? Do I want to do my own thing or when I want to go God's way? Remember, the Lord, the Bible says, God said, I have found one, David, a man after my own heart. His heart was already set on God. His heart was to worship God, to magnify God. Samuel came to Saul, and he was empowered, he was anointed. And when the Spirit of God even came upon him, people said, is this man a prophet now? Is he prophesying with the prophets? You could see his speech changed. That's the first thing that happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Your speech will change. You will start to prophesy and declare the things that God has planned for you. 
the Holy Spirit. That's why God said, wait for the Holy Spirit to receive power. A person that's been empowered by the Holy Spirit's speech will change. Will you accept it or will you resist it? When the presence of God comes upon you, do you allow the Holy Spirit to change you into another man? In the Welsh revival, I think it's in the Welsh revival, they had to replace all the donkeys in the mines because the miners got saved. And the donkeys only understood swearing and cursing. Blippity, bleep, 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 there now. So when the people got saved and they say, donkey, please go. Donkey was just standing there. Because the donkey didn't know that kind of a speech. Some of you have become born again, but your speech has not changed. You've not allowed the Holy Spirit to change you. Family, the fruit that you bear explains to people what kind of a person you are. There are many people that say they are pastors, that even preach. But they are pastors outwardly. They're not pastors inwardly. They rely on their own eloquent way of talking instead of relying on the Holy Spirit to help them. Amen. People putting titles upon themselves. I'm a prophet. I'm a pastor. I'm an apostle. Some of them even go double barrel. I'm an apostle prophet. Just because you, you say it doesn't mean you have a double anointing. If you've not received the empowerment from on high to be that, you have brought that upon yourself. And that which is supposed to be a blessing will be a curse. And you can find that somebody can be demon-possessed and preach very well to you. That's why you need the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. When you've received the Holy Spirit and you've been made new, you can now be led by the Holy Spirit. Now even when situation and circumstances comes against you and you feel angry, and remember anger is a secondary emotion. Nobody is angry the whole time. Something makes you angry. Then instead of leaning towards the anger and say, let's fight, you lean towards the Holy Spirit and He'll lead and guide you. In the way of righteousness and of justice. Will you be for the Holy Spirit's leading? Or will you be against the Holy Spirit's leading? It basically comes down to, are you going to yield and submit to your own will? Or God's will? I'm only a pastor I'm only Christ-like if I practice what I preach. It's very easy to preach a sermon. It's not so easy to live a sermon. Francis of Assisi said, let's preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. You must allow the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 3. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation.
Family, God's service is more than good preaching. It's us doing good. Going out and helping people. Changing people's lives. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16. The Passion Translation. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, not with a closed heart, an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is His Holy Spirit. And wherever He is, Lord, there is freedom. We can all draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we come like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. We are being transfigured into His very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. How much have you changed into His image? I started by saying many people have caused trouble in their lives through what they say. Ask yourself, in my life, do I have trouble the whole time or is there peace? I'm not talking about the peace of the world. Because many people are pursuing the peace of this world. They've afflicted many sorrows and disappointments and griefs upon themselves. But when you pursue the peace of God, there will be challenges, but you'll keep your peace. And when you keep your peace, you can be led by the Holy Spirit and know what to do in every situation. It's the battle between the flesh and the spirit. You know, the Bible says the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeing who he can devour. But you don't see that he devours anybody. Because God is our shield and our protection. But you know what he does? He offends people. Galatians says, do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, by which you bite and devour one another. If Christians are biting and devour one another... There's no need for the devil to devour and bite anybody. Through our words. People that defile, it's the fruit. The root is a heart that's bitter. The Bible says, do not be careful lest you fall short of the grace of God. And a root of bitterness springs up by which many become defiled. Now, there's bitter water and clear spring water flowing from the same well. And the Bible says that's impossible. Can you see the need and the help for the Holy Spirit? You know, many people see imaginary problems, imaginary enemies. But most of your problems that you're facing is self-inflicted. If you're honest, the challenge that you're facing now, you've had your part to play. You can just be honest. God wants us to do good. A matter of fact, when you are a born-again Christian and you don't do good, when you know you have to do good, you are sinning. Sinning is not a lot of things because it's an attitude from our heart where God says, I want you to do it. And you say, I'm not for this. I'm against this. James 4 verse 17, just look here. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, 
to him it is sin. You know what? Our happiness and success in life depends upon our willingness to solve other people's problems. A matter of fact, the gifts that God has given you, that He empowers you with, is to solve problems. The gifts that Ruth were empowered with was to help Naomi. Joseph's gift to interpret dreams was to help Pharaoh. It was that very gift that brought him into a place where he could become a minister. A man's gift will make room for him and bring him before kings. But make sure this is an empowerment that you receive from the Holy Spirit. Many people seek for gifts. There are certain gifts that you can buy with money. I'm talking about the gifts that come from the throne room of God. You cannot buy with money. The biggest sickness in the church today is that we link spirituality to money. We think the more money a person has got, the more spiritual he is. It's a wicked, evil thing. It's relying on your own strength and your own ability to get something from God. You cannot buy the gift of God with money. Natural gifts can be acquired, obtained through money. So now I can buy it. But the gifts that come from God's throne room, you cannot buy with money. It is the grace of God. And when you discover that gift, it will help you and put you in a position to be a blessing. The fact that Joseph could interpret dreams solved the problem for the king. But that very gift, because he used it to the glory of God, allowed him to become a minister. Linked him up with the right people. That's what the Bible says. A man's gift will make room for him and bring him before kings. Wait patiently. And when you've discovered your gift, use it to be a blessing. But when you've not discovered your gift that comes from God, you'll be selling yourself to people the whole time. You know, I can preach. You know, I mean, evangelists, I can. And they'll think, who's this guy, man? Stay away from me. Uh huh. You're at your work. You're trying to sell yourself. Being something that you're not really are, that you think you are. And people are ignoring you. But when you know what your gift is, that gift will bring you before people. Amen. It will link you to the right people. Amen. That's why you have to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. People will see that upon your life even before you see it. Jonah. In the Bible, remember, he was first against the assignment that God had for him. Do you think just because he was against the assignment God had for him, God changed his mind about the assignment? Now, why do you think you can change the gospel to suit you? The gospel is going to change you so that you can do what God wants you to do. But I highly recommend trying to do the Jonah thing. See if you can run away from God. And if it works for you. I tried it. It didn't work. From a young age, God said, I want you, you are called. And I said, no, I'm going to study architecture. I want to be an architect. God said, okay. Go and do it and see how it works out for you. You have to ask yourself, have I discovered my gift? Do I know what my gift is? The Bible says, earnestly desire the best gift. 
When you've discovered your gift, you'll start to live a fulfilled life. God will empower you. You know, growing up, I could never stand in front of people and talk. It was really too much for me. I had the same speech from grade 8 to grade 12 in all the subjects. I thought, let me just get one and see if I can perfect this one, which I didn't really perfect. <laughs> but when God called me, He empowered me. When I was just got saved, God showed me a vision. Showed me talking in a small groups, then larger groups, then other things, then other things. And when I saw that, I said, and by the grace of God, like Mary said, Lord, let it be according to your word. Amen. That word could start to work. Imagine if she had said, I don't believe it. So when God has shown you something, say, Lord, let it be according to your word. And from there, I knew God started working in me to prepare me. And I thank God I've grown with the church. You can ask my wife, the first time I had to stand in front of people in a church setup, my legs were shaking like this. That's the truth. Amen. The Bible says, He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. It is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not the power unto money. It's the power unto salvation. Amen. When the Holy Spirit is in your life, everything automatically will be blessed that you touch. But when God is not in your life, how will you know where that money is coming from, where that transaction is coming from? The devil can be setting a trap for you. God is busy perfecting everything concerning us. If you've discovered your gift, the purpose of that gift is to help other people. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are saved to save others. Let us not hear now when the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is closer than ever before. Start to lose focus. The peace that God gives us is a genuine peace. Many people have pursued the peace of the world and they have a lot of money, but they don't have peace. They have the peace of the world, but they don't have the peace of God on the inside. And that's what makes us different. Being led by the Holy Spirit. The Tower of Babel. Everybody said the same thing. And God came and He caused confusion. Because He said, now anything they decide, they'll be able to do it. And God brought confusion. And they started speaking in different languages. But at the day of Pentecost, when God filled His church, His people, with the Holy Spirit, and they started speaking in the Spirit. He gave us one language again. Amen. A language in the Holy Spirit bringing us together in prayer. That's what the Bible says. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Because when we're one in the Spirit, there's unity. But when we're not one in the Spirit, there's not unity. Why is there so much fighting even between Christians? We have to ask ourselves, have we really truly discovered our gift? Are we truly born again? Because if God has empowered you, you will not be fighting the whole time. Amen. But there will be a leading of the Holy Spirit to show a more excellent way. Amen. Romans 1 verse 16. 
For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Many of people's challenges today, they've not discovered their gifts. The power of the gospel is for salvation in every area of your life. Many challenges that people face today, the only way that we can explain it is that they have taken titles for themselves, gifts for themselves that was never given to them or approved by heaven. A person saying, I'm CEO. Just because your business card says CEO does not mean you're a CEO. Just because you say you're a pastor doesn't mean you're a pastor. Just because you say you're an apostle or a prophet doesn't mean you're that. And people have self-inflicted curses placed upon themselves because they're not happy and content to walk in the gift that God has given them. Discover your gift and use it to be a blessing to other people. Don't be against it. Be for it. Wherever God has called you, Use your gift. Your gift might not be useful to many people, but somebody out there needs your gift. We have to find those people and be a blessing to them. We are not equally gifted, but all of us have gifts. All of us have strengths. And God does not give one person all the gifts, all the strengths, because then that person will be able to boast. But God gives each one of us gifts and strengths so that we will know we need each other. So that your strength can become my strength. Now, when I know you don't have a strength, and I have the strength, I should use it to be a blessing. And the Bible says if I don't do that, God sees that attitude in my heart and it is sin. I cannot sing, but I can preach. But my wife can sing. As a matter of fact, she can also preach. So it's a grace that she's got. Amen. Amen. Just means her responsibility is more when it comes to that. Amen? Amen. And she can use that to be a blessing to people. But I must use my gift that God has given me to be a blessing to people. Amen. If we don't do it, we can go the Jonah route. Family, if you're not sent to everybody, you must be sent to somebody must be somebody that you can help, that you can be a blessing. Philippians 2 verse 13. For if God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. The New Living Translation says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is not going to give up on you. Don't give up on God. God will see you through. Go and discover your gift. When you know what your gift is, what the Holy Spirit has given you, and you're born again, and the Spirit of God comes upon you, allow the Spirit of God to change you. Amen? Amen. Make the decision in your heart. You know, when they anointed a king in the Old Testament, the oil that they anointed him with, that they anointed him with, you could smell it on him for two weeks. Two weeks. And then after that, the fragrance left. It's 
So let me tell you something that I've seen. When people visit anointed ministries, and that fragrance of that ministry comes upon that person, you'll usually see them change for two weeks. And then they have to make a decision if they are going to be for it or be against it. And it's in that time where your will becomes one with God's will that that sweet fragrance will remain upon you. You have many people go to places. They visit certain ministries. Then their lives get touched. They get prayed for. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Whether it's now this ministry or another ministry. Then the people come back. And their lives have changed. Something has happened. But then after a while, their lives go back to normal. Because there was not a change of heart. And now they start blaspheming. Is that really a man of God? Did I really receive deliverance? Did I really receive... That's why you need the Holy Spirit to help you to maintain your healing. But even when things start pushing against you now, you hold on to your confession. Otherwise, you start blaspheming. And that which was intended to be a blessing is now a curse. Oh, the anointing oil doesn't work. Oh, the anointing water doesn't work. That's simply saying God doesn't work. Because if the anointing is done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, so you'll often see me when people have gone, they say, come back, they say, we have to have a service for this long and we have to do this and we did that. And I say, Let's wait for two weeks. Then you come and see me. And let me see how much you've really changed. Let me hear what really comes out of your heart after two weeks. I hope I'm helping some of you here this morning. That's why some of you, you need to be in church every Sunday so that you can be under that anointing until that thing is destroyed in your heart completely, in your life completely. The Bible says... That the presence of God left Saul. But when David was anointed with the oil, the Spirit of God remained with him. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says, the presence of the Holy Spirit will now be with us the whole time. That's what makes us different. That's why we have no excuse. We should be led by the Holy Spirit the whole time. But we find the flesh warring with our spirit the whole time what God wants to do, and what we want to do. Let's be for God's plans, God's purposes. You are blessed to be a blessing. You've been empowered. You've been given gifts to help others. See you later. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.